that when I croak, we all know Betty right around the corner is going to take care of my body. Right. I know it's up to Owen whether I go in the ground or if I get put in a, a little box or something. Right. So if I get put into the ground, though, and there's like that procession, I'm like, Benny, can you like open up your windows and play this as I'm going through town? Like, could you, you imagine this being my exit song? Do, 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 do. Like, how And people amazing. are dancing yes. and hula, hula like you, hooping you and roller girl. skating. What is up, everybody, and welcome to another live show, another episode of Chris and Amanda's Song Swap Showdown. We are so happy that you could join us here today, whether you're watching us live and hanging out with us here or checking out the replays over on YouTube or listening to us on the go wherever you get podcasts. We are so appreciative that you would choose a sum, choose to spend some of your precious time with us. I am one of two of your hosts here today. My name is Chris. And I am joined by my amazing co-host, Amanda, that girl sharp. Amanda, how are you? I'm doing so good. What a fun weekend. We are coming out of the holiday Thanksgiving long weekend. Lots of fun, yep. lots of activities. We hope you all had a wonderful, wonderful time with family and friends and ate a lot of whatever you choose to eat. We are super excited because we have a brand new show all ready for you. And this is going to be a bit of a different kind of show, I think, as far as musical, the musical journey we're about to go on. I think people are used to hearing us kind of operate in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s era. But this week... We are spinning the clock back. We've jumped into our musical time machines and are revisiting the year that is, or the years between 1950 and 1959. So this is a 1950s inspired episode that was chosen by spinning the wheel of themes. And listen, you know, far be it from us to deny the wheel of themes. I mean, if the wheel of themes chooses, it it chooses. And and that's what we're doing. So, you know, we cannot anger the great and all-powerful wheel of of themes (laughs) (laughs) we take it very seriously we do we do well hey you know the wheel of themes that we spin it's it's based on not only what you and i come up with all the different ideas we've had over the years but also our community you guys you guys get to pick you all have a voice in the show and what we're talking about here so listen if you want to get your suggestions onto the wheel of themes all you got to do honestly is either hit us with a dm or Join our Facebook group where we always have an ongoing post there where you can actually submit your ideas for future show themes. And by the way, talking about that, if this is your first time checking out Song Swap Showdown, well, we welcome you and we are so happy once again that you would hang out with us today. And how the show typically works is Amanda and I each swap three songs each with each other that we don't think the others heard before. And as we just said, Those songs that we choose are based on a theme that is chosen by spinning the wheel of themes at the end of every single show. And then we listen to those, we swap them, and we listen to them. And then we come on here and share our reviews and ratings for you on a scale of one to five records, with one being a dumpster fire. Get out of here. Out of here. Go out. Out of here. God, I can't believe you sent me that song. That's that's the feeling. (laughs) 
Why would you do that to me? Why would that... you trigger me in such a way, Amanda? <laughs> Why would you trigger me? That's a one song. That's a one record song. All the way up, though, to five records, yes. which is heavenly music to our ears. Going on the Eternity playlist. Never going to get sick of it. It's a great song. It's a great song. That's a five record song. I mean, we've had plenty of five records throughout this mm-hmm. season. Uh, and fours and threes and uh, you know a few twos. No ones this season, I don't think, though. No, we arguably had something that should have gotten lower than a one, according to some of our well, according to our community here last week. So if you want a little like drama, <laughs> hardly at all. But go <laughs> listen to last week's episode on demand. But you know, to your point, I would say if you really want to see how snobby. Chris and I used to be about our taste in music. Go back to season one, particularly Ooh, yeah. the first maybe 10 episodes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the first 10 episodes, you're right. You make a great point. If you go back to our first 10 episodes, which, you know, are all on our feed, whether you're on YouTube, they're all there, or, you know, on the audio feed, you can check them all out. We definitely are uh, definitely a little snobby about our music choices. But, well, you know what? We were we were testing each other. We really had to go in hard yes. and test each other's boundaries very quickly. And I think we did a really good job. And I think we... I, I, I go back, I listen to those with, with some appreciation for sure. Agreed. And I feel like the show is very similar. I mean, I feel like you could watch episode 10 and episode yeah. today. Really? It's <laughs> changed that it much. <laughs> yeah. We, we've really been true to the to the show itself. I think it's just we were harder on some of the songs. And to your we were. point, we did come in hard because we needed, we were getting like the notes. We It was that yeah. experimental, like, okay, how far can I push Amanda? How far right. can I push Chris? How hard? How much does he hate country? <laughs> Is yeah. there a country he actually could ever like? And so it was a lot of fun trying to discover just those boundaries. But boy, have we grown. And I'm so proud of our musical acceptance. Yes, absolutely. Every year we have grown more and more in our musical acceptance <laughs> of each other's uh, picks and swaps. And I'm really excited, though, because like I said, and like I feel like I say it every week is that, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, I, I've definitely grown with I listen to things with some different musical ears than I listened to before. And I was, I'm a little more open to yeah. some certain genres, mostly country, that I uh, <laughs> normally would not have actively mm-hmm. listened yeah. to. Uh, but I definitely have, uh, I've grown, I've grown. Yep. So I, 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 I have you to thank for this and this show and also all of you guys. Cause yeah. you know, once again, our community comes in each and every week with great, great song suggestions. It's so hard because, you know, you go in, you know, with your own list and then the community comes in with some great suggestions and you're like, Oh my God, that's a really good one. Uh, I don't think she's heard that before. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should put that on the list. So please keep it up because I, I love seeing the music suggestions within our community here uh, on face, especially a Facebook group. And we, we do that at the end of every show. Uh, we yeah. always post, we always put a post in there and say, Hey, is there's this week's theme yeah. and leave us your suggestions because we will use them. And I think this week, Amanda, I saw you. I saw you. you. Yes. You actually incorporated a couple picks into your list to me this week that were suggested from the community. I did. And you know, that is in those first, that first season, I don't want to say it was a lonely season, but we were still finding our community. And now as we're ending season three, we have such an amazing community that to your point gives us these amazing song decisions or song suggestions rather. Right. And this week, 
well, last week I said for this week, I really wanted to dig deep and find some lost treasures that maybe yeah. were because there's so many amazing hits that we hear constantly from. Oh, them. my gosh. Yeah. I, I didn't want to do that for this episode because people can hear them anywhere. Yeah. And so I wanted to discover some people that either it was a person who wasn't well known or a song that wasn't super well known. I did throw in an Elvis because, you know, I love Elvis. But you know what? Playing the game. Right, playing yeah. the game of Song Swap Showdown, I self do not know a lot of Elvis songs. I mean, I know the hits, right? Like, of course, yes. But like, but like in the Uber hits, but like the mainstream yeah. stuff. But like, honestly, anything below that, I don't really know. Maybe I've heard it once, mm -hmm. but that's kind of it. So, I always love when you give me because it just exposes me to more Elvis music. Because I don't hate Elvis, it just isn't something I, I reach Absolutely. for. You know, I, I'm not dialing it up on Spotify. But like, you are a true Elvis fan, and so when you select Elvis songs for me, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, cool! Like, this is coming from like a real fan going, hey, this is a great uh, entry point into Elvis, or this is a really good Elvis track you should yeah. you should check out. So I always appreciate your Elvis picks because I honestly I've not heard a lot of Elvis. I, I guess cuts or deep cuts, you know, other sure. than like the typical like 10 super uber mainstream Elvis, you know, mega hits type of Absolutely. thing. So, um, so I always do appreciate it. And those are songs that like, and today's song that you selected, I had never heard before. So, and I you, hope the other two you did not hear before either, which were yeah. completely from our dear friend, Dave Manning Lee, who is just a VP or VP, <laughs> might <laughs> VP. as well be a vice president of our show. Vice president our... <laughs> of Song Swap Showdown. <laughs> Let's just name him that. Sorry, yeah. Dave, you've been given a title. Yeah. New Wave Dave, <laughs> vice president of Song Swap Showdown. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and my other two song picks were directly from his suggestions and they were wonderful. When I heard them, I was like, this is perfect. They were right up my alley. He gets me and he gets you when he sends us our suggestions. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, and I actually, this is why I'm, I'm excited about the show. Cause these are going to be, I think we're going to get some fun discussions about yeah. these tunes. Yeah. I never heard um, the songs that were sent the artists. Yes. I've heard sure. in, the, in the names. Um, and I'm hoping with the list I gave you, they were new Zero. or newish. Okay, so good. All right, so this will be we got fun. A good episode. Yeah, this will be fun. Then. And I love Dave's comment. Dave coming in right now with reexamining our past is a great way to realize how far we've come. A thousand percent, Dave. Especially, you know, when you look back on music and you go back to like the 1950s, right? And I think a lot of the tracks that we're going to be talking about here, you hear the parallels of how that translates into even today. Um, currently in 2023, when we're recording this episode, you could hear how some mainstream artists are still pulling from the past and taking elements from these songs and modernizing it and incorporating it into their music. So, yeah, um, it, it truly is a, a nice, like, it really is a time machine when you think about it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you go, well, how can I travel in the past? Well, easy. Flo throw in a movie, uh, listen to, listen to a song, read a book. Like those are time capsules. Um, of an era that you know is uh, is a long time away from here now, yeah. but still very very relevant in how it has affected and influenced uh, culture today, and how mm -hmm. it still is influencing culture today. So, and uh, yeah, Dave, going. I've been president <laughs> and and vice president of multiple organizations. Well, Dave, Perfect. you are the vice president of Song Swap Showdown. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
All right. Well, so listen, we, before we dive in here, and we're, we're going to start really soon, I just wanted to take care of some of the comments that we got. Because once again, we always have yeah. some dear friends who come in here and take the time to share their picks for us, for all of us here uh, to, to chew on here and maybe discover some new music. So our buddy Ian in the Down Under in Australia, uh, check it in as he does very early putting his notes in because when the show yeah. comes on live, he's in bed because of the time of daylight savings, <laughs> daylight savings time or whatever the, the, the nonsense that is the, the daylight stuff. So, yes. um, but Ian is saying my three fifty songs are a pub with no beer by slim dusty name, wild one. It. Yeah, I know you love that name. Slim yes. dusty. Yes. That would be Amanda's band name. I think. I'm Slim Dusty. Yeah. Yes, the or, real Slim Dusty. <laughs> or it'd be like Amanda and the Slim Dusties. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's like Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> yeah, Gem and Amanda and the Slim Dusties. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wild one by Johnny O'Keefe and Oh yeah, Ooh yeah, or Um yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say Colonel Joy and the Joy Boys. Let's see. Mm. I think that's what Col is. It Colonel Col or is it just Cold Joy? Yeah, I can't. and help us out later. <laughs> yeah, you may have to help us out in the comments later when you will. Is it Col <laughs> Colonel Joy or or just Cold Joy and the Joy Boys? And I'm sure watching the show later will be like unearthing a rare gem. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and actually, he goes on to say Johnny O'Keefe's song was later covered by Iggy Pop as mm. Real Wild Child. Country legend Slim Dusty recorded over 100 albums. And, amazing. And Cole Joy, Colonel Joy, was the first Aussie rock singer to have a number one over here. Very nice. nice. Very nice. And Dave saying, good morning, Diddy Dealers. I <laughs> <laughs> yes. love it. Yes, yes, Diddy Dealers. Uh, and so now Dave's coming in with his suggestions, as he always does. My suggestions for Chris, Clyde McFadder, Love Please, which was released in 1954. Estelle C. Ball, Pretty Polly, in 1959. Lonnie Donegan, does your chewing gum lose its flavor on the bedpost overnight? Wow. <laughs> 1959. I have to listen to all these, Dave. Sweet. These are fantastic. Closing wow. Out, closing out the 50s with the longest name yeah. of a song possible. Yeah, I go, this is like a this is like a Fallout Boy song with the with the song titles. Does your chewing gum lose its flavor, flavor on the bedpost bed overnight? overnight? I don't know, does wow. it? <laughs> I feel like that's written from experience. I don't know. <laughs> And then uh, his suggestions for Amanda are with two selected, and we're going to be talking about them. Harry Belafonte's Jamaican Farewell, released in 1953. Robert Mitchum, which, oh, man, I got a lot of this. I, I can't wait to go. Coconut Water, 1957. And the Weavers, The Frozen Lager in 1951. And he's got his honorable mentions, by the way. Champs Tequila, 1958, of course. Yes. Frogman Henry, I Ain't Gotten a Home, released in 1957. The Five Blobs, The, the Blob. Blob. By the way, written by Burt Bacharach, the legendary songwriter Burt Bacharach in 1958, and John Loudermilk, Angela Jones, written in 1959. So, wow. So this was a musical journey for sure because, listen, when you think about 1950s music, right, you think about all the big classics, the, the mm -hmm. big classics. Like, just dial up on Spotify and go 1950s, top hits of the 50s, yeah. and, and boom. Uh, you will get all the big songs and there's so many it's literally like an explosion and this is all by the way pre-beatles so before yes. you know we always think that there was no rock and roll before the beatles or that there was no rock and roll going on before elvis certainly those two artists were zeitgeist moments in american popular culture right when they when yeah. they broke on the ed sullivan show and, and doing what they were doing however however 
there were artists out there making music, making rock and roll music, and just, you know, like any face of a genre, right? There's always mm-hmm. a standout star. There's always a breakout, right? And so that happened to be Elvis and then later the Beatles. Um, the Beatles are in the 60s, so we're not – this isn't going to be a Beatles-centric talk, but Elvis is definitely – when you talk about 1950s, you've got yeah. Beatles, you got, you know, Jerry Lee Lewis, right? Yep. Um, Little Richard. I mean, the, the the lists can go on and on and on about the, the major artists. But I guess from a cultural standpoint, mm-hmm. you would say Elvis is probably the one from the 50s that like really like if you're going to put a star on the map of the mm-hmm. 1950s, he was the biggest. I'm not going to argue that. And, you know, the 50s really had that transformation where there was rock and roll coming out. It was real mm-hmm. doo-boppy. Yeah, you had rock and roll and, and bluesy. Rock. Like yep. there was a really nice combination of music yeah. pieces that were just I loved it. And you know what I really, really enjoyed about the music back then is it wasn't overdone. No. They were no. usually like three minutes or less. They came on, pounded the song out, yes. and out and out. It was great. Yes. I love it. And so that is one thing when I was listening to our playlist that we we listened to over and over to prepare for our show, our Spotify playlist. Go check it out. It's I mean, it was just boom, 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 done. Boom, 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 done. It this this playlist definitely flies through this week, but it's amazing how from song to song, how unique and different it is Mm -hmm. from each song. And to your point, yes, you can hear like hey, this is like a sped up country song. This is like yeah. rockabilly. This is like straight up rock and roll. Like you really hear the back and forth. Like you hear even some some surfy kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's just um, Calypso, which Calypso was huge in the 50s. Thanks to Harry Belafonte, like which I'm so glad he's on here because I yeah. don't think you can have a discussion about the 1950s without having Har- Harry Belafonte mm-hmm. on a list because of the culture impact he made bringing calypso music into an american mainstream like Mm -hmm. you know big big deal and that's you know we'll talk about the robert mitchum because i don't think that song exists without harry balafonte because you know like any actor actor you know he's not he's not gonna do it if it's not cool you know what i'm saying like and uh and so harry balafonte made calypso music from a mainstream level Mm -hmm. not that it had not existed before but he ushered it and made it more accessible i think to an american public Mm -hmm. in the 1950s when you think about what was going on in the 50s in this country um and a change that was was happening and go and starting to happen and and gain a lot of momentum here so uh i i uh it is i like dave said going back and looking back at these things is, is definitely huge and you do get reminded of a lot of interesting impacts that were made in the world and then when you look when you listen to music it it really tells a story it tells a story so let's uh let's dive into our list today uh because i know this is what everybody's here for want to hear us talk about music and review and rate these songs on a scale of one to five records i mean i'm starting with your song first i'm gonna start with yes jamaica farewell by harry belafonte as we were just talking about now um you know, everybody knows. I don't think there's a person out there that doesn't know who Harry Belafonte is. I mean, honestly, even like kids, even if they don't know the name, they know the songs. Like even the younger people today. Sure. So, um, what I love about this is that this was a song that really started. Like this came off his debut record in in America here, 
And it was sort of like one of these ones that he took what was called the Mento style of music, right? A Mento style of Jamaican folk music uh, that basically predates ska and reggae stuff. So sure. like, like this is this is style predates that. So mm-hmm. when you listen to modern ska and reggae, you can you can thank Harabut. Not that hey, he invented it. Not that he invented it, but you can thank him mm-hmm. for helping usher that sound in to influence American audiences to then become inspired, influence, and then go back and research all these artists. So, um, you know, Mento uh, typically features acoustic instruments such as uh, acoustic guitar, banjo, hand drums, the rumba box, and a large maramba in the shape of a box that can be sat on while played. Uh, The rumba box typically carries the bass part of the music. Jamaica Farewell is about the beauties of the West Indian Islands. The lyrics for the song were written by Lord Burgess. Oh, man, I love. I would, I mean, would you love to be a could, lord or a yes. lady? You know, <laughs> I Lord Burgess. <laughs> Marcus says I am a princess. <laughs> <laughs> queen, actually, you are the queen of the household, not the princess. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But yeah, like Lord Vla- Vaglio. I know it'd be like, like now announcing Lord Vaglio. Like yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Cool. Okay, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, Interesting, though, Lord Burgess, uh, also known as Irvin Burgey, uh, was born in Brooklyn, New York in 1926. His mother was from Barbados and his father was from Virginia. And this song appeared in Harry Belafonte's phenomenally successful Calypso album, which reached number 14 on Billboard's pop chart. Like, just think about that, man. You know, what, what an accomplishment. Yeah. You know, what what an amazing accomplishment and what a way to expose so many people to such an amazing genre of music. This was actually his third studio recording. Uh, and as I said, it was released in 1956 on his record, Calypso. Calypso was actually inducted. This record was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2005. And in 2018, it was selected for preservation in the National Recording Registry by the Library of Commerce for being culturally historical and artistically significant i would agree with those points absolutely absolutely it's it's i it's no secret if you've been listening to our show for a handful of episodes i love that style of music it is Mm -hmm. it just gets me moving and grooving and in a cheerful mood they could be singing about death and i'd be like yep 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 like (laughs) well what what a great way to handle very delicate and sensitive uh topics than to wrap them up in music that is happy (laughs) yeah or to hide a message if you're looking to hide a message yes great way to do is you know put it in candy (laughs) which we've uncovered a few of our songs that we featured in the past how deep they really are for being so happy sounding absolutely 100 percent. so let's let's check out a little bit of jamaica farewell by harry belafonte the one and only harry belafonte instant happiness and well i'll talk in a second i bet Down the way where the nights are gay and the sun shines daily on the mountain top. I took a trip on a sailing ship and when I reached Jamaica I made a stop. But I'm sad to say I'm on my way, won't be back for many a day. My heart is down, my head is turning around, I had to leave a little girl in Kingston town. So. What I love about this song 
as I was been listening to this in the house now since mm-hmm. she put it since we since she swapped it with me, and I feel like the way the song is recorded, it sounds so live because you can literally, especially when you listen to it on yeah. headphones, you can literally hear the room. You can hear him moving the guitar, touching the guitar. You can hear his fingers like pl- mm-hmm. like. You hear these things, mm-hmm. and you literally feel like when you're listening to this in like your living room, your kid, like you feel like Harry Belafonte is right there. I mean, it's it sounds just so live and so like it's simple, right? Like yeah. we just talked about it, and his vocal melody and all mm-hmm. that. Like it just is really something when you really just sit and listen to the mm-hmm. song. It really gives you a great feel, and it's so like unassumingly like kind of quiet and just. I don't know. It just feels like he's right there. Like the way this is recorded, like very literally intimate. and it, and it very just sounds like he sat down with his, with his, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the musicians on this track and just recorded it. Like they just, and it's probably it. Cause I mean, what they, they just, they hit record and boom. And that was it. And it was like, Hey, we got it. <laughs> All right, good. You know, that's how it feels yeah. like. And it's just, it's that good that they probably nailed it. I mean, they probably didn't nail it in one take, but it certainly yeah. sounds like it. <laughs> well, and you always, love that little bit more raw version of something versus the extra refined and filtered. So I can appreciate your appreciating that because there is something to be said about that. Well, especially in the 1950s, right? Cause I mean, the way recording techniques were in the fifties and how they eventually yeah. evolved very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, still the principles are there, but it just, the technology got better is really what happened. Like anything technology yes. gets better and things do sound better. Like, mm-hmm. and but there was definitely a time, a simpler time, when you could literally just walk in the, walk into the studio, hit record, and mm-hmm. go right to tape and be like, okay, that sounds good. You know, maybe yeah. they do some punch-ins and cut some piece. But other than that, like, this is this is a good-to-go song. And I just, I really like it. It's a, it's a great song. You hear the emotion. And it feels like, like, when I listen to it, especially on headphones, too, you really hear it. Like, he's literally sitting right next to you, like, yeah. singing the song. Like, that's how it feels. I'm going to say something very controversial. Uh-oh. I know. <laughs> should, I, should I get the, controver- the controversy <laughs> button? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, I just really feel like why I appreciate this type of music the most, and probably through, I don't know, the 80s-ish, mm-hmm is because it was when people really actually had talent. It just wasn't a package deal that, oh, they look right, they sound okay, we're going to make them be great by all of these revisions. They were true to who they, I think they really were good talent. Of and course. their looks and their stuff were secondary to the talent themselves. And I think today's times, we got so much of that backwards. In my humble opinion, in your humble opinion, uh, I think for the most part, it was just a different era. But however, the business, the music business of music was definitely very much alive and well during this time. And a lot of those things that were happening today kind of started around this time, especially when you start fair. talking about some payola stuff that eventually would seep in to the industry and, you know, creating artists and all that. Now, once again, yes, talent. Very, very much so. You can hear a lot of that rawness, but yeah. it definitely became, you know, when you look at some of these record labels, I mean, you know, record labels today still aren't that much better, but, you know, some of these record labels were very predatory, like really and predatory back in the business. day to I these artists. So, you know, I a lot it. of these people had music stolen from them and publishing rights. And I mean, it goes on and on and on. Um, but you can appreciate the, um, you can appreciate 
songs like this where you mm -hmm. hear the talent. It's like it's literally, like, there's no mistaking this. Like, Correct. It's not, there's no auto-tune. Like, no. You got to be able to sing that song. You know, you got to be able to play that instrument. And if you can't, we're just going to get someone else you can come in and play. Like, Absolutely. it's not, it's not, you know, to your uh, point, fake. You can't fake it. <laughs> no, he sounded like that in a stage in a club, yeah. say, no different than what he sounds like on that recording. Where today, mm -hmm. it's hard pressed to sometimes hear people live and go, mm, you're not yeah. that great of a singer. You just pretty. <laughs> exactly but i and I, I think you can find definitely examples of that throughout history but i i understand your point yeah yeah so all right so where am i rating harry belafonte's uh jamaican farewell well it's definitely a great song and i hadn't really heard it before this so this was a really nice treat to kick off your playlist for me uh so i am going to give this and because i think harry belafonte is um a treasure you know i really do uh in, in all ways, you know, he wasn't sure. just a singer of Jamaican songs. He really was an important figure, I feel like, in American culture. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you know, by what I was saying with the, you know, from being a recording artist to being an activist to being a, a voice um, and, and affecting real change in the world, um, all those things. I would give this song, the way it makes me feel, I'm going to give it a 4.8 record. Ooh, so very high up. I'm very, very pleased with that rating because I personally would nestle it in at that same that same range. I will listen Good. to this again, and mm -hmm. um, I, it's just, you know, it once again, when I hear things, it reminds me of how I should probably be exploring more of this man's work um, rather than just sort of like having it come on casually. So that's uh, it makes me think, like, you know, I, I should – I should also show some more appreciation for Harry Belafonte and what he brought by listening to more of his uh, more of his music for sure. So let's move on a little bit more because I want to talk. What I'm going to do then is since Amanda's having some some issues, I'm going to move on to her second song to me. So her second song to me was Elvis Presley's "Trying to Get to You." Now, as I was just talking at the beginning, like there's not a lot of Elvis like quote unquote deeper cuts. That I know, uh, I know a lot of the Elvis hits, the, the the mainstay Elvis hits. So, this was a song that I found interesting because, uh, as I always do, you know, when you go and you look at Elvis stuff, uh, you're always trying to say like, well, where did the song originate from? Because a lot of times Elvis, um, actually, almost all the time, Elvis did not write music himself. He worked with songwriters. He covered a lot of songs. He did standards. He reworked songs. Uh, he pulled a lot from blues. Uh, Southern blues, R&B, all that. So he did a lot of different uh, like versions of some songs that were more traditional back in the day. So, hey, you're back. Dude, I'm so sorry I missed so much of it because I was excited for this one. That's okay. okay. That's okay. So I, what I was saying was that, <clears throat> you know, like most Elvis stuff, you know, because Elvis wasn't writing his own music, you know, he was doing a lot of covers. He was reworking songs, rearranging mm -hmm. stuff. And that's why I always find it fascinating when you give me Elvis stuff to find, like, well, where did the song come from? Where did it originate? Who was the original songwriter? How did that happen? Mm -hmm. And so this song, Trying to Get to You, was originally released by the Eagles. Isn't <laughs> not, that funny? Not the Eagles. The Eagles. <laughs> from the 70s with, <clears throat> with of course, Joe Walsh and uh, 
all those guys. Yeah. Uh, notice how I just went to Joe Walsh first, but like <laughs> Don <laughs> Henley, good. Glenn Fry, all those. But no, <laughs> this is actually the uh, the R and B band, uh, or I would say Washington D.C. vocal group, the Eagles. So they released a song in 1954 on Mercury Records, and then Elvis recorded it in 1955 for his then unissued Sun recordings. Now he actually did four versions of this song, Amanda. Did you did you know that? So I my best and favorite version is when he's doing the his special, like in the sixties, at the end of the sixties. I really love right. that version. But this is good. This is a good version. Yeah. So he recorded live version of the song on Elvis, the NBC yeah. special. Elvis yep. as recorded live on stage in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Elvis in concert, an earlier uh, a version appeared on the 1999 album Sunrise. Mm-hmm. So this has been uh, reworked quite a few times. Different versions, I should say, or re- recorded a few versions. But the version we're talking about was released as a single on, uh, originally released as a, as, a, as a single. And the B-side was I Love You Because. So this re- was released in August of 1956. Then it was released on his debut record, which on your rankings of records, actually, I forgot where this landed on your rankings of, of records when we did your Elvis ranking. Mm-hmm. You were like, I said, hey, Amanda, give me your top 10 <laughs> Elvis records of all time. And this major list of top 10 Elvis records, I can't remember where it made it. I can't in, in remember your, exactly the yeah. all. Well, you I know what? I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to repost it. to. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll put it in here because we, we did a short on it. So it's, mm-hmm. it's in there. But uh, this did make your list. And by the way, the Elvis, this this record cover for this Elvis Presley record is iconic. This has been mm-hmm. copped by so many other artists throughout time. Uh, that 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 style of record. I don't have it queued up. I'll have to show it later on. But uh, but trying to get to you. So I thought it'd be fun to just listen to the original version of this really quick. So the first recording of trying to get to you by the Eagles. In 1954, the DC Vocal Group, by the way, once again. Uh, but let's 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 listen to a little bit of this because then I want I want you to hear the difference. I've been traveling over mountains, even through the valleys too. I've been traveling night and day. I've been running all the way, baby, trying to get to you, baby, trying to get to you. Ever since I so that's the original version, the OG version of trying which to get is, to you. Which is good. Yeah. Trying, by the way, apostrophe. Yes. Try, yeah. Trying. Trying. No G. No G. <laughs> now, that's that version. So here's the Elvis version of now trying to get to you. So he went, he dropped the trying and went to trying. <laughs> Just want to point that out. So you hear the difference, though. But what I do appreciate is I feel like Elvis was, you know, Elvis being Elvis, doing Elvis. But I feel like he tried in a way to really respect the original song. Mm-hmm. And not change it too, too much. And even used, you can hear some of the vocal, like, pattern and some of the yeah. stuff that they were doing. So I, I like that he did a Elvis version of the song, but yet didn't, like, completely make it mm-hmm. that it's like, well, you know, and kind of 
just really change it. But I like that he actually pulled elements too and tried to like actually emulate it, like yeah. as a, you know, in respect to for for that for the original song. So I do like this song. I thought this was cool. Um, definitely has a vibe, man. Yeah. And it oozes with attitude. And we were I was talking about that while you're in internet hell. Um, I was talking about how in the 50s, one of the things that I, I see when I, at least from my point of view, when you listen even like the decade before in the 40s, in the 20s and 30s and all that. But like when you go from the 40s into the 50s, you have much more artists kind of singing, being a little more bold, doing different things, as, as David said, being a little bit more, um, you know, weird and funny. But even attitude was coming through so much more yeah. like you could hear it and i feel like elvis especially um the king of attitude you know the yeah. king of rock and roll but yeah. like he really brought like just listening back and forth to the songs the big difference here is the swagger i'm telling you it's it's the swagger it's what elvis brings mm. to the table and what i think separates him from a lot of other artists because we you taught you said it before talent right and yeah. so not taking anything away from the eagles very talented but you hear the difference when they did it mm -hmm. in their way the way they do it but then what elvis brings to it and it's just that like mm -hmm. just that something you know that mm -hmm. that little something extra that like the eagles version's missing but that elvis kind of does it and it's like mm, mm -hmm. there it is there I it is I think Elvis had a very great talent of understanding who his listeners were and delivering yeah. the song the way that they wanted to be sung to. He his charisma level was so good. I just yeah. I mean, listen, I still love him and he's been gone for how many decades? A lot oh. of decades and he still is just playing into the eternity of music. So I no surprise I love him and I think the swagger to your point swagger probably wasn't a big word back in the 50s but if yeah, it was I, I'm not sure if it was or not <laughs> if it was if it wasn't that would have been the word I think a lot of people would have used to describe his music yeah I mean it just like I said you just you hear the difference if you go yeah. back and forth you go wow it pretty much for the most part is the same yeah. song um but the Elvis version, mm -hmm. not to be a complete Elvis stand here about this, but you just, you you go, how does one artist be better than the other? Like, what is, like, if they take the same song and record it, mm -hmm. what made that version well, more popular than the other? And you got to go, because of what they brought to the table, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of attitude, swagger, you know, just them being, like, their talent mm -hmm. of what they do with their with their craft, like those are the difference makers. And this is why, you know, Elvis right place, right time in American culture hit tapped into uh, the right yeah. vein, so to speak. And yeah. that, and it helped, it helped. And this is where I think you can hear the big differences yeah. uh, between from that song to the next. And his live version is really even more edgy and sassy and it's yeah it's it's a favorite for well sure. he's feeling himself more and we know elvis yeah. live like there's a big i i there's a huge difference elvis live versus elvis recorded like in the studio yeah. big difference i think he fed off of his, his oh yeah his his audience yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no elvis is is oozing with energy uh mm -hmm. and you know hey listen you, you need a good audience to feed off of and and he's sure very do. good at tapping into that and 
kind of bringing it back out there and then that's and that's what you get you got it's a lot of elvis magic elvis magic uh so where do i rate trying to get to you um the elvis version of the song uh released in 1956 originally released in 1956 uh, i like the song i think it's cool i'm glad you sent it to me uh i actually like this on a level that I didn't expect to like because okay. I, I dig the swagger on it mm-hmm. a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And once again, when you hear some of the earlier Elvis stuff, there's a certain thing with him um, that I just, you, the, the errors of Elvis, right? You, you, I oftentimes, like I know a lot of people like the, the later end of Elvis, but there's something about these earlier Elvis songs that I feel like kind of got lost a little bit as he mm-hmm. got older. Yeah. And it's just, you know, youth obviously is one of, of them. Right? He wasn't, yep. He's not the same man he was in, in the 50s as he later yeah. became in the 70s. So, um, but I like it. I do like it. There's something a little like edgy about it that, you know, mm-hmm. speaks to me. It speaks to me so and you can tell why so many people were influenced by elvis so many of like the british rock bands were like because you can imagine them hearing this and being like oh my gosh like when you listen to the beatles and they Mm -hmm. talk about led zeppelin and the stones and the who all the famous rock bands uh that came out like always go elvis i heard elvis presley i've got this elvis record and that's i wanted to play guitar i wanted to start a band like that was that was the that was their um flashpoint so all that being said where do i rate it i'm gonna firmly put this song at a four record for me okay that's a little higher than i expected so i received that that is amazing yeah thank you i i i i I just i think about it i'm like it's a good song and it i I mean i'm sorry i'm losing my voice here (laughs) (laughs) you had to do a lot of talking while my computer (laughs) crashed. but i um but in in that in that way i just Mm -hmm. feel like that it's it's a good song i can see myself going back to this one okay all right and i probably scored it higher than maybe what some other people would do but you know a lot of like when you play me some of this older elvis stuff man it's new for me so i'm discovering some of this stuff like this song discovering it for the first time and so it's hitting me on different levels and maybe it would have hit me like 20 years ago or 30 years you know like yeah. a 20 year old version of myself i don't know if i would appreciate it as much as i am appreciating appreciating now that. in my in my 40s <laughs> even season one even season one even, even season, season one, one you may yeah. have given it a different rating yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Thank you. You are welcome. So Dave's saying, I prefer early Elvis, a j- jumpsuit, rhinestone Elvis. <laughs> Which I'm the exact opposite. Yeah. I can appreciate where he began, but I really like where he kind of evolved yeah. into and nestled. Um, I just, I think he started singing really the music that really was passionate with him and instead of maybe some of the other things. So I, yeah. I just, I love jumpsuit Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> that's great um All and right. then uh oh and real quick jim fisher Hi, hello for widegate uk hello jim thank you for checking in thank you for hanging out with us they really appreciate it thank you for that Love um that. all right amanda all right. My, i have making up to do <laughs> my first song <laughs> yes to me this week was something else by eddie cochran yes and you know i'm just gonna just start with the tragedy of this all yep he died in a car accident at 21 and yeah how heartbreaking and incidentally this song involves a car and a girl and classic 50s tropes (laughs) yes i just i mean wow yeah 
Wow. And we often say, gosh, any song by a man has something to do with like a girl and boom right in this one i he doesn't get the card but he does get the girl and i think that that's super super cute i think why not yeah exactly why not why not then what a cute beat what a cute song this is I guess I wish I wouldn't have known about the tragedy because I just right. feel like that overpowers yeah. me when I'm listening to this. I mean, it definitely is a tragedy <laughs> because you go, man, like in the songs he left us <laughs> yeah. like before he passed away are yeah. incredible. And you go, man, what, what would he have done? What would he have kept? Yes. Like, where would he have gone? Man? Like with the things he would have created had he lived past to 21. Even, yeah. To even to, just 30. Just amazing. So, and the thing is, is when you look at Eddie Cochran, and the songs he did leave us, uh, his, we're talking about the cultural influence, Eddie Cochran and his style has influenced and still continues to yeah. influence a lot of bands and a lot of musicians. And especially mm-hmm. like when you look at it, you can kind of call him a proto-punk in the sense that like what he did, like the Sex Pistols covered the song, like the the chords, his progressions, the way he did the, mm-hmm. the fast and like, we'll listen to a little bit, so the recording yeah. of it. This is basically like, as punk as early punk rock that you're gonna get yeah before the label punk like this is literally you want to go where did punk come from okay punk is a cultural movement yes much much later in the 70s and all that but when you look at like where did the sound where was the origination that sound the the influence the spark go right back to eddie cochran (laughs) yeah right back just go right back to eddie cochran that that's it you go where where, that's it that's the sound that's where it is punk is a sped up and eddie cochran is already a sped up version of rock (laughs) so punk is just a more of a sped up version of eddie cochran (laughs) (laughs) and i think hot take (laughs) take. (laughs) i don't i don't disagree i think a lot of people would agree with you and when you listen truly when you listen to this song you can hear a lot of the future elements to your point that people did use and the person who co-wrote this song ended up becoming his girlfriend right is that yeah yep. and so i find that really interesting yeah and again just so tragic because he had his whole life ahead of him to do god only knows what would have happened yeah i mean there's so many artists in, in in history and time that man if they had just lived a little bit longer what would they have done i mean it, it, history is unfortunately littered with yeah. amazing artists uh, uh leaving this mortal plane yeah. <laughs> before they're taught before you know and uh yeah, yeah it's it's nuts but you know then you're always got to be well at least we got what we got so and, I and here we are talking about hey, this song in 2023 we're talking about eddie cochran's music so you 70, know almost 70 years later yeah immortal immortal this is where people live on forever you know and you know and that that is, behind that's one thing about music that i just love is the legacy it leaves long term because it will find somebody and i'm so glad that we have technology that has allowed stuff like this to live on yeah it's amazing like when you go like the fact that i can go on to spotify honestly and like dial up this song or like the songs you gave me and there it is now not every single song but for the most part they're there and like what a world that we live in where we can have access to pretty much any anything created by humans (laughs) at the tip of our finger at our fingertips to just listen to and appreciate and Mm -hmm. and rediscover so even too hopefully that like 
people who maybe took a chance on today's show and were like, oh, I don't know, the 50s, mm-hmm. you guys are talking about the 50s. Like, yeah. well, maybe, just maybe you heard a couple songs on here that you would be like, wow, let me go listen to the full version of that song. Let me let me go to a Spotify playlist and listen to that. Hopefully that that you've been on that musical discovery with us today. So um, let, you want to check out somebody, Cochran? I was just going to say with that, I think that's the perfect time to play a little bit because this yeah. could be a song that hooks somebody. I think so. I think so. Like, I love the beat. All right, I'll blow it. <laughs> like, this is kind of heavy, man. Oh, look at that. Here she comes. Here comes that girl again. Wanted to beat her since I don't know when. I mean, she don't notice me when I pass. She goes with older guys from out of my class. But that can't stop me from my thinking to myself. She's your fine looking man. She's something else. The bass and drums on this song is ridiculous. It's literally when we talk about garage rock. This is yeah. literally like, all right, let's go. One, two, three, boom, and it's just like and hit record. This was, this was made. Bang it out. The the bass and drum is just. Mm-hmm. This is like heavy. Mm-hmm. Like for this time, it's fast. It's you know, it it slams. The song slams. It's it's a good one. And then you can hear like, why did Sex Pistols then later on do this? Well, because they heard it too. They're like, yeah. boy, this song freaking slams. Like, it's not a big leap of faith to get it to where they would perform it. At no, all. not at all. Not at all. Like you hear the roots of all that yeah. stuff. And uh, and we talked about attitude. Mm-hmm. I mean, oozing sassy, sassy attitude, rock and roll in your face. Mm-hmm. No apologies. Like, we're <laughs> rocking out. Love it. And you can you, dance to it. <laughs> you, well, and that's one thing. Like, the dancing that this decade started to kind of create was very interesting. And mm. and the world wasn't ready for it. No, it wasn't. And this is why, you know, Elvis was, once again, I don't want to make this whole show about Elvis, but he made it accessible. That hip thrusting was not early accepted. <laughs> no, no, not accepted at all. And once again, the these the lyrics, you listen to this, and somebody they really pushed it. They went very tongue in cheek, super yeah. innuendo, like really mm-hmm. got in there. And like and all they really did was take what blues artists were already doing, mm-hmm. you know, because you listen to a lot of those blues songs, very innuendo, very there, and they took it and then you know, sped it up a bit more and add their own flair and a little bit more attitude in some of these, and boom, there you go, rock and roll. Yeah. And I agree. The way uh, Dave said, the way Cochran played guitar- garage rock, it almost sounds like they're making it up as they play. Yes, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's loose and it's ferocious. It kind of <laughs> sounds a little dangerous. <laughs> like, like, who knows where it would have went? Who knows where it would have went? You better get out of our way. We're just playing. We're, I we're love going. That. <laughs> I love that. And it makes you wonder. So when I hear music and I hear these lines, because I had not obviously heard this song before, and it makes you go, I notice her, but she doesn't notice me. Yeah. It's. It always makes me think, in this world, how many people notice us that we don't notice them? Yeah. That sure. we made it like an imprint into their brains, and we – had no even concept that they were in the same room with us, not because we were being mean. It just wasn't yeah. on our radar or how many pictures we've been in. Like, you just don't know. So I, anytime I hear songs like that, I'm like, ooh, so good because we don't yeah. know how many levels. And and had he not done certain things, like, would she have ever noticed them? Probably not. 
Probably not. Probably not. He's a bad boy. He's a bad boy. <laughs> He's playing so, guitar in a rock and roll band, driving fast cars. <laughs> all things that I think ladies just ultimately actually like. <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies. You heard it here first. The lady of the show is the one that said that. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's something a little fun about a little bit of a bad boy. I don't know why. I think most women will agree. Hmm. I this think just, so. Just the way it is. I mean, that's probably why I love Clint Eastwood. Well, <laughs> Big I mean, day. I mean, Clint Eastwood, come on now. Man with no name. Talk about the ultimate, ultimate bad, like, just bad guy that, uh -huh. you know, but yet. Good guy. And he's an anti-hero. He's an anti-hero. There you go. There he you go. He's an anti-hero, yeah. So where do I rate something else by right. Eddie Catherine? I appreciated it. I had fun with it. It really, the delivery, the presentation of it, I would have felt, this is a concert that if it existed today, I felt like I could go to. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't hurt my ears to the point where somebody right. else who would be playing it in the future sure. or now would d deliver it. I think this sure. is like my type of entry into that type of music that mm -hmm. wouldn't have made my ears bleed. So Okay. I really liked it. I'm going to give it a four records, and I think that is fair. I think it's very fair. I think it's very fair. Absolutely. I Dave, Dave checking in with Amanda. I'm a good bad boy. There you those go. are the best. Those are the those best. are the ones. Those are the ones. The good bad boys. <laughs> All right. Do you want me to jump into your second song to me to get caught back up? <laughs> yeah, you might as well. Why don't you do okay. my second song so that way we can both then you know we'll Be do each other's third. last song. Okay. Yep. So Chris's second song to me was Red River Rock by Johnny and the Hurricanes with also Johnny Paris. Yep. So the Johnnies and the Hurricanes. Yes. I love <laughs> that name, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's super fun. Johnny and it the Hurricanes. Is. Johnny and the Hurricanes. Toledo own. Toledo's own. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They're they're just like from 15 minutes south of us. Yeah. And that is a lot of fun. I didn't know that. And you know what I really, really like is their empire is kind of instrumental. Yeah, it's instrumental, and it would take a lot of original, you know, like they, they reworked classic songs into yeah. like this like fifties instrumental with like organ and bass, and like and that's and I, I, I get sucked right in. I love the fifties organ sound. I love it. I you, love it. I am a sucker for it. Like there's there something were, about it. There were elements in the song that I go, "What is that? What is that thing that they're yeah. playing?" And it was really fun. So I love instruments instrumental music i can listen to it all day long i love classical i think it's fun because it's it's no thought music it it doesn't invade me i don't have to sing to it it just touches my heart and my brain and gives me a little bit of a break so when i was listening to this i had never honestly heard of johnny and the hurricanes yeah i mean johnny and the hurricanes isn't one of these bands that i mean but the thing is they actually did have hits they had big hits but they just yeah you know i i feel like time has forgotten them and I, I, I just do. I agree with you because I think it's we're in the 50s. They were probably huge because instrumental could be huge. I don't know. A instrumental lot of music was very big. Yeah. I mean, 2020s. This version of this song, like Red River Rock, mm -hmm. it became a hit, a top 10 hit on both sides of the lake. Number five in the US and number three in the UK and sold over one million copies. I believe it. And when I when you first this. listen to this. I go, this could be a TikTok. Yeah. Oh, An 100%. TikTok. And I don't know if anyone's done a TikTok to it, but Probably I think not. It has all of the elements to 
because you know how they remix certain songs sure. to make it into a TikTok. I'm like, this yeah. wouldn't even need remixing. No, it it's like perfect. Sounds like an ice cream truck based on like, I, I don't know. Like it just makes me want to do a little like shoulder yeah. bopping. There's something about this song that I hear and it instantly makes me think of like summertime, 1950s. Hamburgers, cool milkshakes, yes, like diner. cool cars, diner, hanging out, having fun. There's just something so like yeah. freeing and mm -hmm. and loose Innocent. and fun about this song. And it's it's just great. And it's got it's just so easy, so it, easy to listen to. It is play a little bit just so All everyone right. understands because yeah. the the way that when we are talking about instrumental, I just don't think people can understand what we're saying until they hear a little bit of this treat. I mean, I'm gonna do a TikTok for this today. On your roller skates with your yeah, jacket oh, on. Yeah. With your roller skate jacket. Love that Hammond, Oregon, man. Uh, sax comes in, like. 50s sax sound. Love it. Oh, happy. That's all you need, isn't it? I love that. So great. I mean, it's just, it's just a fun song to listen to and it puts you right in a mood and you can bop around the house you could put this on <laughs> clean the dishes <laughs> yeah. it is three minutes of pure joy and you know what just... i just i had this vision this is so morbid <laughs> uh -oh. as i giggle <laughs> so when i croak we all know betty right around the corner is going to take care of my body right i know it's up to owen whether i go in the ground or if i get put in a a little box or something right. so if i get put into the ground though and there's like that procession i'm like benny can you like open up your windows and play this as i'm going through town like could you, you imagine this being my exit song do 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 like how and people amazing. are dancing yes. and hula, hula like you, hooping you and roller girl. skating yeah you go get in the ground <laughs> like, <Yes>. go. it's <laughs> a fun funeral procession song fun funeral procession like why not like people yeah. can hand out ice cream Along yep. like the procession line, let's do this. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm, I'm for. It. I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. Running in the hurricanes, yeah. making my funeral playlist. Yeah, Dave saying the Ventures were the kings of '50s instrumentals. They went on to do the theme for I Five O, Wipe Out, and yes. Walk Don't Run Him anymore. Yes, absolutely, Dave. Yeah, like the '50s and the '60s too. Like <laughs> instrumental music could chart and become huge, like top ten hit. Unbelievable. That just when's the last time that that's happened from a pop perspective? I can't even remember. I mean, you see it a lot, of, of course, on classical and all that, but like, of course, but actually, and, like and, a pop, and jazz, you know, and, but like on pop music on charts this level, yes, you I, don't see yeah. it not not in modern not in modern times like I, charting like that as a I top would ten love hit to see some new band just come out just having a blast like i can almost see what they would look like just having fun i mean there's so many great instrumental bands out there i've played some for you and all that but like mm -hmm. not they're not they're not charting on top 10 i mean maybe the closest we would come to a top 10 actually is probably trans-siberian orchestra uh with some of their instrumentals fair but it's holiday 
Yeah. But you know, I don't want to say it's still there, you know, and it's still it charts. So that's the and only it, one that comes to recent memory that I think has charted in the top 10. And even that I feel like has a whole different well, it's delivery. a vibe. It's a different yeah, vibe. Yeah, it's a whole different vibe. So, and I do love that. Yeah, I do love it. It's beautiful. But this, this is like your everyday, just bopping around the house. Like to, to your point, doing dishes to it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an easy tune. Yeah, it really is. So, where do I rate this one? Where do you rate our, Johnny and the Hurricanes? Our audience may not agree with me on this one, okay. but I'm willing to withstand the controversy that may come with it because I'm okay. feeling like I'm poking the bear today for no reason, but I'm just doing it. I would put this on my eternity playlist to my point of, I said, let's do a funeral procession with it. So if those would be some of my final like notes heading out of this world, it certainly deserves five records from me. Wow. (laughs) Five records. And I had never heard of them before. So to get it from there to five records to a funeral playlist for me, like it's, it hits the right notes. <laughs> there you go. It hits the right notes. Um, well, there you go. So I expect to see a TikTok with you skating around the store with your with your pineapple I'm do jacket it after on. This show with, with your fifties home. <sighs> I know. I have to have a lame gray sweater on instead <laughs> with no sleeves. <laughs> Nards. <laughs> I know. I'm such a nerd, <laughs> but I'll be bopping. Be bopping. All right. Be there bopping. you go. Be looking forward to that. So, and Dave saying in in, in sixty five, an Alka Seltzer commercial instrumental was so catchy it became a record. No matter what shape your stomach is in, stayed on Billboard top one hundred for thirteen weeks. Wow! There you go. I sing a whole different type of yeah. Pepto Bismol commercial these days. <laughs> <laughs> Upset stomach, diarrhea. You all know that one. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, so fun. So five oh. records coming in. So we we are kind of neck to neck on this episode. So we our are. third songs will declare the winner. So this next song, and I know Dave <laughs> Dave recommended this one. Um, Robert Mitchum, the actor, mm-hmm. the Hollywood badass that he is. <laughs> Cape Fear, Robert. By the way, Cape Fear, Robert Mitchum, all time performance. I. I mean, listen, I like De Niro in the role, but Robert mm-hmm. Mitchum is absolutely frightening in that role. And uh, if you've never watched the original Cape you're not Fear, wrong. please do it. You, you're doing not yourself wrong. a disservice not watching. You have to watch chills. it. Robert Mitchum, great actor. And um, and much like you would see today when actors you know, go, well, we're going to be a musician and cut a record, for some reason... Robert Mitchum thought it would be a great idea <laughs> to make not only a record, but a Calypso record. Thank you, Listen Harry Belafonte. <laughs> Harry Belafonte made Calypso music so cool in the U.S. <laughs> and so hot that Robert Mitchum, one of the most famous actors of the time, was like, I got to do it too. I'm going to do this too. I'm going to make a Calypso music and and then also put on a fake accent okay when you put it all out like that like let's air the dirty laundry a little bit i mean the fake accent kills me because i'm like is he playing a character from a film like i like in his defense you see how i go southern when i get real passionate like he might be his accent when he gets a real musical but which i know and obviously, like he's not doing it to mock. I mean, that's that's not. He's just. No. I think he's just trying to be authentic. Mm. Authentic, <laughs> you know. 
but uh it is it is hilarious and i gotta see if i can pull i gotta pull up the the, the cover for this because it's truly everything that you would want i actually feel like i may need a, a poster of this I, I got i gotta share this hold on for hopefully if anybody hopefully you guys are watching the video version of this if not go back and watch the video version at like a minute and seven seconds here because you're gonna see. look at this album cover <laughs> look at this mm-hmm. robert mitchum calypso in the name of calypso is like so i'm by the way we don't get a piece of uh the, the pie no. here if you order this no. um but this is the album cover mm-hmm. looking all robert mitchum cool mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh with a drink in a in, in a gimlet glass by the mm-hmm. way and this woman is like holy cow you are robert mitchum singing calypso music I'm, hey, I'm all about it. When you see a lady in a red dress, you better watch out. I'm all about it. Look at that. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing stuff here. So, And he ain't paying her any attention. Yeah. He's no, he's no. He's looking into the eyes and soul of you. He's looking who into has you. that record. Buy this Calypso record. <laughs> Buy my Calypso record. Yes, yeah. So, all right. Does. So, Dave is saying Robert Mitchum fell in love with the island music while filming in Trinidad before Harold Belafonte made Calypso big. Mitchum arguably introduced Calypso to America. So, I mean, listen, you, you can <laughs> you never forget Robert Mitchum's love and hate knuckle tattoos. Yeah, I, it's it's classic. So, you can make that argument, Dave. I, I You could make that argument for sure that he did put this out before Belafonte broke big and all that. But it's just, you know, we talked a little about novelty stuff. You got to admit, like, while he loved the music, you got to admit this is a little bit of a novelty. This is a novelty move. Like, Robert Mitchum putting out a whole record of Calypso music, which I know he loves the music, loves the culture. Nothing wrong that he did it. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I don't think (laughs) it's wrong, but I do feel it's like, you know, hey, I'm Robert Mitchum. I could do anything, like put out a Calypso record. I mean, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. I mean, it's sold. So listen, though. I mean, it's it's sold copies, man. It was, it was like not, I mean, it wasn't like, uh, um, a, a million copies that Harry Belafonte would would do, but you know it sold records. I mean, everybody bought it. I think so. It was like, oh, it was Robert Mitchum. You know, um, there was another single really off this record called Gene and Dinah that was was sort of like a hit. But Coconut Water seems to be the one that's like the one that most people resonate sure. with. So, uh, do you want to hear? Does, does I... everybody out there want to hear a little over Robert Mitchum and his in his oh, faux oh, Calypso accent? Late. <laughs> Play up that coconut water. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let, let's, Dave, let's listen. I don't know that the rating's going to come in very good on this one. Honey, come and go with me back to the West Indies. Baby, can't you see I'm losing my pep and my energy? What I need is drink the coconut water, the jelly, drink the coconut water. Yes, it is a builder, drink the coconut water. I cannot get in America. What is the tonic, man? Drink the coconut water, the jelly. I can't, I just. I just can't get. It's like all I have is a, the image of Robert Mitchum. <laughs> Like serious actor, you know, being the t- tough guy, Hollywood baddie, like that's his persona, and here he is, like whooping it up, being all chilling, footloose and fancy free, 
doing a faux Caribbean accent doing Calypso music. It just the image. It just I can't. It's burned in my head because all I hear, yeah, the the love hate tattoos and the 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 the, the Cape Fear. The guy from Cape Fear, like you know. Hey, everybody can have a gentle side. I'm not saying he can't. It's just it's hard to it's hard to get the image out of my head of that guy than doing this. And <laughs> I like I got to tell you, the first time I put, and I was like, oh, Robert Mitchum. I'm like, I was very intrigued, and I put this on, and I literally started like laughing like immediately, oh, like man. And, because and I'm not saying it's so it's like one of these things is like I don't do I love it or do I hate it I I don't know like I'm a little conflicted mm. like I am conflicted about this one because on okay. one side I'm like this is absolutely ridiculous <laughs> it's coconut like, water <laughs> but then I go but the fact that this exists is also pretty amazing so understood there's like I'm like I gotta flip a, I don't know I feel like I gotta flip a coin on this. Do we need to get you a physical coin to flip? I mean, you, you might. I mean, I am happy. But so, all right. So, listen. Where do I? Where? Where am I going to rate this? <laughs> Dave, I don't. I don't know. I mean, to like, Dave's point, and I, I do want to emphasize Dave's point one more time because I, I do feel like that that is something that I'm just going to bring it back up again. The fifties were a golden age for novelty songs. People are proud to be weird and funny. Now. With that being said, I, I don't think that he was um, trying to be weird and funny, Robert Fair. Mitchum. I don't mm -hmm. think that was – I think he was like literally what Dave said. He fell in love with the island, mm -hmm. um, influenced by the culture, wrapped up in it, probably drank too much rum and said, I want to do a Calypso record. And because he's Robert Mitchum, it happened. Like – you know what I'm saying? I wish I could do just do quickly that. book a book a studio. Let's do ah. let's do a Calypso record. Goes in the studio, makes a Calypso record, and there it is. I... And there it is for the whole world to hear. So, <laughs> so on on the other side, it is a fun song, mm -hmm. and I should just take it for what it is, Chris, music snob Chris, and just say <laughs> it's a fun song, and just deal with it, and just have fun with it. There's no need to overanalyze this. Listen, but you know what? I've rated songs lower because I just haven't liked the artist before. So if yeah. if you just can't get past his his acting performance and align it with coconut water, I'm not gonna be upset. So in okay. Dave's in Dave's um Dave's comment here, which is literally what I just said, there's a fine line between ridiculous and fun. Coconut yeah. waters on my everyday playlist. See, I could also put this in, and I and I would say, but I really enjoy Buster Poindexter. But he wasn't like Buster Poindexter was just an alter ego character of David Johansson and Hot Hot Hot, and kind of doing that style of like music and you know Calypso. Once again, a little Calypso mm -hmm. and salsa, like you know, and he was having fun. And and while it was could be looked at as novelty, actually mm -hmm. under Buster Poindexter created a bunch of good songs so listen i, I don't want to stall anymore all right <laughs> Dave, here i comes. have here to comes decide Dave. is it re is it just stupid song which you know it probably is or is it just fun chris chris just have fun so i'm gonna go with chris just have some fun okay okay with this like let's right. not Let's just have some. It's just I a think song. We're out of the two record range now. Maybe we're out of the two record range. I'm not going to give it two records. Okay. I'm going to give it a three. I'm just going to okay. give it a three. Okay. I, it's because if I get okay. myself out of the mindset that this is just a ridiculous song and that right. everything about it's ridiculous. Okay. 
then I could pull it up and go, Chris, just have fun with the song. It's just a fun one. I've said fun 3,000 times already. So I'm going to go with that. You're trying to sell yourself. Out of I'm that. trying to sell myself. <laughs> all right. I'll take three over two all day long. I will give it three records. Okay. Begrudgingly, because I'm going to go on the fun meter side as opposed to this song is stupid. <laughs> okay. 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 I think I've recovered and I can go on to your three song to me. <laughs> your three song to me. I can't even speak properly. Third song to me. <laughs> My third song to you. <laughs> is Flying Saucers Rock and Roll by Billy Lee Riley. Okay. Uh, drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'll partially agree with this. I mean... Is it not the dumbest song ever? Okay, the lyrics are, you guys, you got to listen to these lyrics. It is an well, homage to 50s sci-fi. I understand that, sir. I sure do. <laughs> sorry, I'm, sorry, I don't mean to yell at you. <laughs> I, went, I went Southern. <laughs> I was like, I understand, sir. And yes, I, I do. And I felt like I just did some Jersey yelling at you. <laughs> See, we turn into people on this show. <laughs> Wait, folks. <laughs> These are the lyrics. Well, the news of the saucer been flying around. I'm the only one to have seen it on the ground. First thing I've seen when I saw it land, cats jump. No, cats. Like, listen, cats. C-A-T-S. Cats jump down and they formed a band. Flying saucer, rock and roll. Flying saucer, rock and roll. I couldn't understand a thing they said, but that crazy beat just stopped me dead. So I'll be real. The... Beat and fun of this song is one thing. The lyrics are just completely another. It's and great. These, ca of... these cats came down from outer space and they started forming a band. I didn't know what they were saying, but man, it was fun. That, that's exactly what the song's about. And you know, the song is fun. The song is fun. It, it, it took is. me down the path of so the fear of UFOs way back in the 50s was yeah. totally different than like fear of UFOs now. Like our US government comes out and says, like, yeah, there's there's UFOs. And the public looked at the cameras and essentially said okay like no scare tactic no nothing like whatever yeah. in the 50s that's not what would have been going on well and you got to remember too you also had um the roswell incident had happened <laughs> which became a bigger thing <laughs> later well, but at the time i mean it was originally oh flying saucers and then it was retracted and it was a weather balloon Mm -hmm. There's always a weather balloon, wink, it's wink. Always a weather balloon. <laughs> so it's a listen. It's a fun song. It's silly. I think the just the title alone, "Flying Saucers Rock and Roll," goes right in line with uh, what's that title of the song that Dave recommended? And the does the oh, gum the, have the taste on the fence, yeah, on a bed bed the next day? <laughs> so it's a fun. And I think the song is just yeah. a fun song, and yeah, it does I mean, have a, a it, really fun, happy beat to it. It is a it is a novelty song, you yeah. know, um, and it was written in 1957. Mm -hmm. uh, the interesting thing about Billy uh, Billy Lee Riley, who wrote this song now, right? So Billy Re Lee Riley actually was a uh, very notable uh, musician back in the time. And his big song, Red Hot, uh, was running up the charts until... Until... Dun, dun, dun. Until um, Great Balls of Fire came out. And Jerry Lee Lewis basically inadvertently destroyed his career in the sense that this song was going up, 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 red hot. 
and then Great Balls of Fire came out, and it was like, wah, forget it. And <clears throat> and that's how it goes. I mean, it's not like there was a, it was just that's yeah. how it went. But one of the things yeah. I did want to read real quick, which I thought was interesting, because this was my research into doing more inter- in studying, but like sure. Bob Dylan uh, offered a tribute him. to him in 2015. Um, and this was a really, I thought this was really touching. Uh, and Bob Dylan was really influenced by him, especially the song mm. Red Hot. He goes, uh, he was a true original. He did it all. He played, he sang, he wrote. He would have been a bigger star, but Jerry Lee came along. And you know what happens when someone like that comes along. You just don't stand a chance. So Billy became what is known in the industry, a condescending term, as a one-hit wonder. But mm. sometimes, just sometimes, once in a while, a one-hit wonder can make a powerful impact in a recording star who's got 20 or 30 hits behind him. And Billy's hit song called Red Hot and it was red hot. It could blast you out of your skull and make you feel happy about it. Change your life. That's super powerful. And we've often said timing is everything when we're talking music. And I yeah. think um, I just read that, was it Drake that held off on his release because Taylor Swift was doing a release? Yep. And he goes, she's the only person I would have ever considered yeah. holding off my release because you have to stand you got to be able to stand on your own two feet yeah. the music business is a music business <laughs> it it's a business and so I, I i love that bob dylan was able to respect that point that out because to his point it just takes a person to hear it to do something with it for the future i love that so much yeah, yeah. some people just they get outshined they really do. And and in this case, I mean, and when you talk about it, I mean, yeah, Jerry Lee Lewis, I mean, forget it. Like, you're, yeah, he's, it's going to steamroll because and that that was just his talent, no yeah. songs and all that. But uh, yeah, to Dave's point, Red Hot was huge. And, you know, but this song, <laughs> this song in particular was released before that um, with Red Hot, actually. And this was just a novelty hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a fun song. It's it, a fun it is 1950s fun. song that for me, like, it got, like the whole sci-fi craze, mm-hmm. the, 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 the fear of, uh, being invaded by the Martians, like all this <laughs> stuff. I, I love it. I yeah. love it. So, all right. So let's, let's play a little bit of this. Cause I, like I, I think it's worth, so flying saucers, rock and roll by Billy Lee Riley. Check this out. It's hard. I mean, once again, you know, roots of rock and roll, you know, you can picture the Beatles listening to this. Like, you could hear, like, the, you know, like, you know where it came from, man. Like, it's, you know, this is it. Like, this is the roots of, like, what we're still hearing today. Yeah. And I, I absolutely love it. You go, you know, you just, once again, time machine, step right back, put on a record. You go, there you go. That's where it, that's where it came from. And it, it really sounds that decade. It, it does. It has all of the elements. It's a Jukebox lot. music, man. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's where when something like this comes on, this is why the dancing changed when this type of music came into play. You can't dance appropriately or how parents thought would be appropriate for yeah. this kind of music. 
You nope. start moving a little differently when you hear You're stuff like that. You're moving a little different. Taking some chances. Taking, taking some risks. Taking some chances. That's right. Some that risks right. are being are being taken here. Yeah. <laughs> so the theme of flying saucers rock and roll reminds me a bit of Sam the Sham and the Pharaoh's Haunted House. Mm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I that, don't know that. There, I'm going to have to listen. Are some, there are some parallels there. Okay. So where do I rate this song? This this gift of flying saucers, rock and roll. <laughs> it is a, it is a gift. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it really was because it was fun. It's silly. I I loved the sound much better than the lyrics. But I guess I mean when you hear this song title, flying saucers, rock and roll, like you kind of have an idea what you're gonna get. And right. I got it. So I'm gonna give this a three point five. I think it's fun. I think it is 3. totally 5, right. for the time. So listen. That puts you ahead as the winner of the 1950s Chris and Amanda song swap showdown. Like you are the thank, winner. I'd like to thank everybody for today's show. <laughs> I just want to thank you all for, for today's win. Uh, no, this was a fun show. And listen, I know that, as we said at the top, it's a little bit different than some of the music that we explored. Mm -hmm. The typical errors of music that we talk about. But this is why it was on the wheel. You know, you got to yeah. mix it up a little bit. And hopefully you everybody out there who is listening checking this out um if you took a chance to click on it and watch that you were not only entertained but also maybe discovered some new music uh, or some facts that you hadn't previously known about yeah. so uh and that's the whole point of this show and that's why we swap songs with each other because it is it's a musical journey and discovery and, and finding stuff that maybe we just wouldn't have gone and uh went and pressed play on on our own in the title of this we put unearthing rare gems mm -hmm. and really i mean all the songs we talked about today um except for robert mitchum no i'm just kidding no the robert <laughs> mitchum song is because but what's great about the robert mitchum song once again is that it is a uh it, it's a look back yeah. uh, of a popular actor of that time making a making a calypso record like it seems bonkers today still seems bonkers but uh but but it but it works you know it, it works for him and, it, and and it is a fun song but like but that is a musical discovery like you know dave says it's on his playlist like mm -hmm. that's a that's a record that I, I may buy that i may buy that record if i'm digging through and i see a used copy and i'm like oh you know what screw it i'm gonna buy it like well, absolutely maybe it's fun it'll be fun and you know so that that's the musical journey, man. That that's the discovery of, of finding new songs and, and you know maybe finding that your next favorite song, like Amanda did today with her funeral parade. <laughs> Who would have thought Red River Rock yeah. <laughs> would have me rocking down the town? Yeah, <laughs> and TikToking. And TikToking. <laughs> it's coming, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's coming. So. All right, everybody. So listen, we, we typically will spin the wheel of themes at the end of every episode. However, today we're not going to spin the wheel of themes mm -hmm. because this is going to be our last regular episode uh, of the year. So next move starting next week, which will be the first week of December, we're going to move into our holiday shows. And <sighs> while last year we usually try to do holiday shows throughout the whole season, and last year we did not have the wheel of themes. The wheel of themes is a, is a newly instituted thing that we we started using this year. Yep. And so much like we did our Halloween episodes, if you guys enjoyed our Halloween episodes, we spun a Halloween wheel with all different show ideas and picked the next three episodes for that month. Um, we are going to do the same thing again for the holidays. 
So with that being said, we are going to make a post in our Facebook group uh, for holiday theme suggestions. So please go over there, check it out, go over, uh, use the link in these notes or scan that QR code and join our Facebook group. Uh, so that way you can participate and get your ideas added to the Wheel of Themes. And then Amanda and I will be doing a very special, a very special, very a holiday special, very <laughs> holiday special version of it's like our little house on a prairie episode, uh, <laughs> a song swap showdown where we're gonna we're uh, we're check our Instagram and our socials for the announcement, but I think we're gonna be going live on uh, as of this recording on Sunday mm -hmm. to do the uh, the picks. So we're gonna do that live. So it'll be kind of like a mini show. Yeah. So if anybody wants to join us on that live stream, you can. So we'll, but we will post info throughout the week uh, on times and all that. Uh, we're just solidifying our schedules, but we're gonna do that live as a little special bonus episode. And then we will have our lineup for the month of December. I'm thrilled. And we've listened. This is our third season of doing Christmas. So we need your yeah. ideas so we can have a little bit of a different spin to the upcoming episodes that we do. Because listen, we could just talk about Christmas music all day long, but why not make it a challenge and fun? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Amanda is a huge uh, Christmas fan. I've got a great collection of holiday songs. Uh, and we have talked about quite a few holiday songs. So, yeah, I mean, have. listen, and if you want to get prepped, go back and watch some of our holiday mm -hmm. episodes because we've done some really fun episodes on different on different uh, different songs and different topics. But this year, you know, mm -hmm. got to mix it up, got to keep it fresh. Lots of music to always talk about. So we are excited to do this. So once again, check our social channels and we will make that announcement uh, as to when we're doing our live holiday spinning of the wheel uh for show themes for the month of december so with all that being said uh we are gonna wrap it up here today thank you everybody so much for hanging out with us today uh dave new wave dave as always for hanging out uh jim fisher thank you my friend from the uk for chilling with us uh lit central owen have a great day <laughs> at school thanks yeah. for checking in bud and of course ian from australia who uh isn't online but always does a great job getting on early and, and leaving some notes for us and for everybody else out there who wasn't commenting today totally okay glad you were able to hang out and spend some precious time with us uh definitely check out the show on youtube hit that subscribe button smash that bell so that way you get notified every time we drop new episodes and hit that like button and feel free to share this video with any of uh, friends that you think would like this kind of style of show and of course you can listen to us on the go anywhere you get podcasts because we always drop the audio version of this show uh the same week that we do the live recording so make sure you check us out anywhere you get podcasts on there and uh, that's about it amanda Woo! so much what a show what a show thank you amanda i love you thanks for being an amazing thank co-host thank you thanks love for you. thanks for these songs today. yes yes I, I went happy with our community today, and I thank you for that, Dave. You helped me out this week tremendously, and I agree with you. Chris won because of his poo-pooed Robert Mitchum's <laughs> coconut water. The fantastic <laughs> coconut water. I agree. <laughs> fun. The fun coconut water. <laughs> uh, that's a, that, that is a record that I know, Dave, for you it's fresh, but that is a record that time has forgotten. <laughs> Until this episode. Until this episode. And now sales of Robert Mitchum's uh what Calypso what it is? What wait, is it? Is it? Oh, is is it like is it like so? Calypso, is it like so LP are now gonna smash through the roof because we were talking about it so much. I today. expect it to be true. It's gonna be number one. It's gonna dethrone uh Taylor Swift. 
Love it. Streams of, of coconut water are going to go through the roof today. Hey, it did at least at my end. I know it did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us today. We really do appreciate it. And we will see you next week on another episode of Chris and Amanda's Song Swap Showdown. Cheers, everyone. Get notified every single time we drop a new episode of Chris and Amanda's Song Swap Showdown. Just hit that follow button wherever you get your podcasts. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the show, please use the email address in our show notes and we'll get right back to you. And last but not least, please feel free to follow us over on our social accounts on Instagram and TikTok at Song Swap Showdown or join our ever-growing community in our Facebook group by using the link in our show notes. Thanks for listening.